Hey, welcome back to Spellstorm Miniatures. This is episode 12, and my name is Jeremiah. I am Dan. This is Chad. Excellent. We have Chad back with us. We're going to be talking about the uh, PDX Open today, and both Chad and I competed. Hey, uh, for you listeners, this episode of Spellstorm Miniatures is brought to you by Hidden Forest Gaming. Hidden Forest Gaming provides game mats and terrain sets for all your gaming needs. And listen for a special discount code to receive 10% off your next purchase. So I'm really excited to have them on, on board with us. Hey, uh, let's start with just some something simple and light. Uh, play any non-War Machine games lately? Mm, not Keep I. <laughs> Keeping easy. I mean, I really went light with some Battleship. Uh, good old classic. but <laughs> Yeah, the you sank my Battleship? Yeah. That Battleship? Exactly. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> uh, who you played that with? Oh, my son. Oh, you know. Nice. Get him, got to get him started early, right? Exactly. Oh, you know, actually, I did uh, a couple of weeks ago. A um, couple of friends and I, my roommates and I, uh, hung out, played some board games, and I actually played say, uh, Secret Hitler for the first time. That was actually nice. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I've heard some good things about that game. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good game. We played it with a it's a minimum like five to ten players, and we played with just the five people. I was like, how is this going to work? Like, and it wasn't at all the way that I thought it was. Hmm. Um, and uh, it was a it was a good game, and actually, I secretly was Hitler, oh. and uh, and we almost won, and then I got outsed, and then oh. I and then I got executed. Yeah. <laughs> so well, the, then the outcome was just yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, it was definitely very interesting, and um, it was more fun, and actually pretty pretty simple. Okay. Uh, it's it's one of those like party games, right? For yeah, it's yeah. a it's a party social deduction game. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's actually a super simple process. We have, um, my wife and I were part of a, just a local group of, of friends who get together, you know, once every other month or once a quarter or something. And, and we do game night and we always, the, the pattern is always the same. We start with some kind of large group party game and then we play the game and then we kind of divide up usually the kind of the heavier gamers will go into the, the den and play and then like the lighter gamers will hang out at the you know in the living room and they may or may not play a game that's where my wife goes yeah. I usually go to the den and then we have <laughs> snacks and you know drinks or whatever and, yeah. and it's just a lot of fun but that might be a game that we could play you know at a, at a future yeah. gathering there's another uh, new game that we actually just got at Renew Bar called the meta game which is a party game that you can play with just two people and Nick and Sadie got to demo it with the uh, with the owners of the game or the creators of the game. And I think they did it at Sit Down Shut Up Gaming Expo that they went to a couple oh, months okay. ago. Yeah. Uh, and brought a demo home. And we finally it finally came in to stock being available for like stores to purchase. So we have that in stock. But yeah, it is it's a party game you can play with only two people. That's that's just is blowing my mind right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a category for that in my head. <laughs> So yeah, I got a our our Starfinder campaign suddenly hit the stop button. Uh, my DM um, had some life issues come up, and so we we restarted a fifth edition uh, campaign. And the last several characters that I have built have all been charisma based, and so I went for something non charisma based this time. I'm actually and not surprised that you're <laughs> primarily a charisma based character, well, Jeremiah. Let's just say I have a lot of fun with those kind of characters, um, and so. Uh, we we did a, another month of Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were unsuccessful, and so we're having a hard time with Season 2. It's, yeah. it's a little bit different than the way that Pandemic normally plays. 
this kind of a, a reverse mechanism for how the board gets developed and and we just haven't mastered it so okay. my character's name is Zengif Zengif I'm bad guy <laughs> he looks he looks like really what he does he looks like one of those rogue traders you know with right. a with a mohawk or whatever yeah. and and I just you know and I you know and he looked like a, a less buff version kind of a cross between a rogue trader and a you know, and Zangief from Street Fighter. So yeah. I was like, I gotta name him Zangief. Yeah, but that does not mean he's a bad guy. You know? <laughs> exactly. Does he have the big, you know, um, big chest hair puff? Uh, uh, I, or, no. yeah, I actually don't remember. I'm mostly keen on his mohawk. Um, but uh, and then uh, and then my friend Mike and I we um, we uh, played some Space Hulk last night. Okay. So we're doing uh, we're doing the ca- the campaigns that come in that. So. Uh, we did um, the first mission uh, a few months ago, and the Gene Stiller side won. And then we played mission two last night, and the Gene Stiller side won again. Uh oh! But we've been taking turns alternating, and so that means oh, we okay. each have won one game. Uh, so, but it seems like it seems like the way the missions were set up, the Gene Stillers tend to have the upper hand. Um, not sure um, what the code is to break it, but hmm. we'll, we'll figure it out. So. Hey, how about any? Uh, how about War Machine games? Yeah, I played some of those recently. Yeah, you have. I have. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, you, you play? You guys got a few. I'm out. <laughs> well, actually, no. <laughs> did no, you play actually, your masters? No, yeah. I did play my masters. That's yeah. right. I forgot. It's been a little while. I'm like, we're thrown off a little bit on schedule. I was like, because I think I played that just after record or whatever. But um, yeah, me and Eli ended up squaring off and and how the seed match went and it was it was all right. Uh, it was going to be Mirage. Um, I had Troll Bloods. He had Circle. And I kind of lost the list chicken on that one. Um, he ended up dropping his Kruger one with the big uh, Thunderbird, and mm-hmm. and I dropped Madrak. Um, and it just it kind of got a little out of control. Um, Chad actually was there, set up the train for us. There was yep. a bunch of forests, <laughs> so that was maybe good or maybe not bad to see. I don't know, but um, I ended up losing the roll off, and so he got so much board space, and I kind of got out of position. Um, ends up one thing's kind of leading to another. Um, I learned a very valuable rule that Lord of the Feasts, Grievous Wounds, uh, takes out a stone and you can't self-sack. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops, didn't know that one. Yeah. So I placed him a little bit too close, um, was a big problem there, and I, I couldn't quite get positioned where I wanted to. Um, and, it, yeah, it ended up going downhill. He, how the game basically ended after a bit was... Um, he put in a bunch of shots. Una got ported up, put a few shots into Madrak, did like six damage, I think, out of her three shots. Um, and then he had another guy try to assault a few more attacks. Lord of the Feast just came in, threshered in, then bought and hit a bunch of attacks. Um, and then I was surviving kind of all right. And then uh, the bird got a chance to go and it couldn't get in. So it just stayed where it was, aimed and ended up hitting i think he needed a boosted i want to say boosted 10 mm-hmm. hit it um and then it has sustained attack as well so it didn't really matter after that um and i just got i got toasted <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, I know. yeah so eli advances in the in the rat in the masters and say it dad dad goes dan goes home yeah. a sad panda yeah. <laughs> that's right it was a very very valuable lesson learning game <laughs> had, had that assassination i mean it was probably like a 80 or 90 percent chance of success right but you know just if it yeah it's like one of those two if it would have failed would have learned a lesson and then yeah um but, i mean i don't 
I don't know if it was that. I mean, based off of what you yeah. said, I don't know if it was that reliable. I think if you would have had the stone a little bit farther back so that yeah. the Lord of the Feast couldn't hit it in its thresher, even if you would have had like one of the other guys in front of it and maybe you lost an inch off of the order or something yeah. like that, but Madrak was still standing in there, that makes that feat, that makes that assassination run that much more difficult because it's two less damage for every time he hits you. Exactly. I think we figured it was like eight attacks or so after that. Yeah, that's 16 less damage. Like, yeah. Or, or sorry, it would have been eight damage. Sorry, four attacks, okay. like eight damage. Sorry. Still, I mean, eight eight damage yeah. is still what half of uh, Madrak's hitboxes. Exactly. No, it would have yeah. it would have bought me like one of my transfers probably, and then I I could have you know shrugged off a little bit more. That sustained attack off the bird was really I think yeah. what would have ended up doing it in anyway because we were talking about it a bit afterwards. I mean, I could have, if I would have been slightly better positioned and um, also realizing that he could uh, put Lord of the, basically blessed on Lord of the Feast. Yeah. Um, that, that was a huge help as well. Um, I could have maybe presented it, but then he probably wouldn't have gone for the assassination either and just started clearing troops. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think if we would have gone for it, if I would have been a little bit bunkered better and not as bunched up as trolls like to get. Um, but... Again, you, was was Madrak engaged? Um, he was after Lord of the Feast came in. Okay, um, so that's part of the problem with the bird had, had such a hard time to hit. Yeah, was, you had even ground up, right? Yes, even okay. ground was, but he put blessed on it, so it ignored the even ground. Um, yeah. So I think, or no, actually, maybe it was a boosted twelve that he needed. When yeah, I think that's about what it. I was thinking. It was like if yeah. he if he didn't have. Oh, he aimed though. That's right. So he, yeah. So, so it's he, yeah. it's a six to an eight. So yeah. if you're if you're even ground and engaged, your defense twenty. Yeah. So that's a twelve. Yeah. So I think so. He either he had the blessing, he needed the eight, or he made the twelve, which yeah. is slightly more difficult than. I think he made like, the twelve. Like he, yeah. None of his rolls were any low. Like they all were right on average yeah. or above. So don't just, you hate that when you're playing someone and they just keep rolling really yeah. high? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, he's a great player. He's he's very skilled and, and good with his list. So and nothing, and yeah. rolls well. Yeah, yeah nothing to take a, away that, from that's there. A, that's but a combo. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's something that, you know, I could have prevented with a little bit better better planning. And it could have gone awry, but, yeah, you know, it didn't. <laughs> and Madrak was yeah. a sad, sad troll. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, our main topic today happens to be the, uh, the PDX Open, and uh, Chad and I, we both got to compete in that, and so we asked Chad to come and help tell the story of the PDX Open Day. Um, it's our first ever having one, Yep. and uh, it's a Warfare Weekend wildcard qualifier. Yep. That's a mouthful, and I did it right, <laughs> and... Um, and so, what were what were some of your the favorite parts of the event? What did what did you like about it? Uh, one of the great things that I enjoyed was actually getting out to a tournament uh, and seeing a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while. Like I haven't gotten to travel. Actually, a lot of those guys that are from the out of town area, since I don't really get to play in tournaments anymore, I haven't seen since I five. So I haven't seen some of those guys since October. Uh, and Alex Cosma, who came up from Northern California, actually crashed in my apartment. Oh, nice. I went and picked him up from the airport uh, Friday night. He's a night. cool cat. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. And he actually cat is. Cat with a K. Um, he made it onto one of the WTC teams this year for the U.S. Um, super nice guy. I actually met him for the first time at War Machine Weekend, the first and only one I've made it to back in 2016. Okay. And, um, like, we. And, like we 
the way that he the way that we kind of introduced each other was like I was like oh yeah I'm from the Portland area like I'm uh, I actually live with one of the guys that organizes the i5 and he was like oh i've heard of that like tell me more and so when um when lucas and i actually started running it the next year um alex was one of the first people that i got in contact with and then it was his team that came up and took it from us that year oh yes and we heard about that in the previous episode yep Dun dun dun! All right, I take it back. Alex is no longer cool. Oh, ouch! <laughs> ah, harsh. No, 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 no. Oh, he's great. Um, actually, to be honest, I, I think I think all of the the folks that I have met um, playing War Machine um, have been have been really great. So yeah, I yeah I think the location was 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 kind of special this year. It was pretty unique. It was uh, it was one of uh, one of our fancy hotels in Portland. Um, the Heathman Hotel is actually on the National Historic Hotel Registry, and oh, so I didn't know that. yeah, and it's it's nice. And and if you ever are in the area and are looking for a nice brunch date yeah. and you want to take your significant other to, uh, they serve a great brunch on the weekends. Yep. And um, but I haven't actually stayed in any of the rooms. I've only I've only been to events there and then have eaten there. So I, I can't speak to any of their rooms. But yeah. Um, parking wasn't so bad. No, um, the hotel doesn't really have very much, from my understanding. But uh, Alex and I ended up parking at a parking structure like about a block and a half away or so. I think we paid six bucks for the whole day. Nice. Yeah, we ended up uh, carpooling. My wife offered yeah. to drive me and Oz and and Ron and Ethan down, and so it was it was really nice. We got dropped off at the door. Felt like all chauffeured, you know, because then you have the doorman there and they're holding the door open for you and they're like, "Hey, have a nice day." Yeah, thanks. I think yeah. I will. Alex and I were actually driving around trying to find the hotel, and uh, and also the parking structure. And we like turned the corner, and Alex was like, "Oh yeah, there's the hotel." And I was like, "Oh yeah, there's a bunch of nerds getting out of a car, and it was you and Ron." And mean, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't roll down the window and yell, "Nerd!" No, I was, I was, I was driving, so I was trying to pay attention to where we were going and make sure I didn't oh, accidentally man. turn yeah. the wrong way down a one-way oh, street. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Well, and it, being in a nice hotel, mm-hmm. um, you know. Well, I guess first being a historic hotel, uh, it didn't have. Um, it doesn't have large conference rooms like how yeah. modern rooms um, hotels are built, and so they had um, like several smaller rooms that were um, adjacent to each other, and you mm-hmm. could like remove the wall or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the walls fold down. Yeah, and collapse. Th- that's what I'm looking for. Somewhere. Yeah, and so. Yeah, so it made for like a, when I walked into the room, it, it felt like it wasn't going to be big enough. Um, but yeah. but throughout the day, I, I never felt squished. Yeah. It, you know, the way the tables were organized, it, I, th- I thought it used the space very nicely. Yes. There was a separate space for the command center where the, yeah. the judge table was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. No, command center. Yeah. Command center, judge table. Yeah, and uh, and a nice hotel. So there was, you know, they had uh, like a bar and like that was kind of in our space. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get there and you can get your drinks and get food and get snacks. Yep. They had a, a lunch menu and a dinner menu, mm-hmm. and you could order from. And they brought it to your table. Nice. Like, yeah. Like it was. Yeah, they actually brought it up from the kitchens and then came out. And, yeah. Um, and gave it to you in the room, so you didn't actually really have to go anywhere unless you needed to like duck out and get like get some air. There was also some nice lounging 
space areas, yeah. like tables and chairs and things like that, like right outside the room. So you Mezzanine. didn't have to stay in the room. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could get out of the room where it was a little bit cooler, a little quieter. Yeah. Um, and Make you could sit down yeah. and, and maybe chat with somebody about how a game went or something like that. Or um, like I did after one of the rounds, I just went out there and sat down and ran my fingers through my hair. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled out your beard and uh, beat yeah, your chest. A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things I really appreciated was the water stations. Yes. Um, I think I drank. And coffee refills all day. For yeah. I know a couple of our players yeah. really, really appreciated that. See, I love coffee, but I didn't know that until maybe like after round three. And yeah. I'm so bummed about the, the lack the not, the lack of knowledge about the refills. Yeah. Because I probably would have drank coffee all day. Yeah. Instead, I drank water all day. Which it's still good. Like it's it's really important. Good. Yeah, it's important um, to stay hydrated, especially I, during those long five yeah. round days. Like I think if, I drank ten glasses. Yeah. Like I think I re I refilled at the beginning of every round and at least halfway through one, every game I walked yeah, over yeah. there and refilled again. Yeah. And it's it's important. Like, it really yeah. is. Like I've I've played those days where I wasn't carrying a water bottle with me. And by the time you get to round four or five or something like that, especially if you don't get a lunch break between rounds, if you're at a big con, like you really start feeling it and you just, you feel sluggish. You can't think as clearly, um, maybe start getting a headache from the dehydration. Like having those water stations is really, really vital for long days like that, especially if you are playing an attrition faction that goes to time almost every single time. And it's a long grindy game. Yeah. So our, the folks who were kind of heading it up, we had Jeff and we had Ben and we had James, all local mm-hmm. guys. I appreciated some of the things that they had set up. So in the command center, they had a big TV monitor mm-hmm. where they posted the pairings and, you know, and it was separate. And so it felt like um, it, 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 just, it just, when you approach the table and you need to report and things like that, it just, and it was a lighter room too. They had a sun, yeah. you know, they, they had a sun roof or whatever. And so you could just... It just—it was just nice experience yeah. overall. Dan, there was something else they did that you really appreciated. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, running off the uh, command station, I believe you said it was on their TV too. Was using a uh, tabletop.to um, bracket type of live updater. It's the first time I had kind of seen it and uh, thought it was a real nice touch because uh, mm-hmm. Jeff posted a link in the Discord, and essentially you're able to click on it and then look and see all the players. And then you click on their name and you could see their their CP, their AP, you know everything. And if they won, lost, and then who they defeated or who they lost to. So it was really a cool way to vicariously be there without actually being there. Because I could look up and say, oh, so-and-so just beat so-and-so. And, And, you know, like, I think half the time I knew more of what was going on than... (laughs) Oh, yeah, you were texting me, and I was (laughs) like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's doing. I don't know. I'm in the game, Dan. Go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Check the website. No, yeah. Try to concentrate. Yeah. That's why I try not to text much or anything because it's like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, always funny. You were yeah. and some of us are bad. really bad about like taking pictures and updating social media. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. certainly awful at it. Like, yeah, there's a little bit yeah. of lack of pictures. I'm a little like, oh, man, yeah. wanted more. There's a few pictures mainly of, uh, of Circle and Iona. Uh, yeah. Especially the Iona off. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I didn't take any photos throughout the day, and I have previously uninstalled Discord from my phone for a little technology break, and so I couldn't even update on that or anything. So I was just, okay. I was like, I truly was like flying solo through the day. It was <laughs> nice. So, well, what, what was, um, what were some of your least favorite parts of, of the day? I think. 
Well, really, for me, not being able to be there. Yeah. <laughs> but that was kind of a yeah. bummer. Yeah. As I said, next year, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get that streaming working, and if it's the same place, that little command center would be a great little announcer booth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah well, they announced where the new location is gonna be oh, next okay. year, so we'll oh. share that kind of towards the end. I well, think. Fine. Okay. So, yeah, but um, yeah, the, some of the Ben guys couldn't come because of the snow. They yeah, they couldn't make it over the pass, and so you weren't the only one who couldn't. I mean, you had other reasons for not yeah. attending, but like it, you know, we were hoping for plus forty. Yeah, and you that, know, and because of that, we didn't we didn't get our mark. So yeah, that was one of the things that I wish we could have just gotten some more people. We ended up with thirty five, which is still a good like still a good turnout for yeah. a pretty local thing for, for the first, first year. year event. Yeah. That's a that's a good number, and like I said, we had some people come come out that don't usually make it to some of our Portland tournaments, and yeah. it was good to see those guys. I wish we could have gotten more, but yeah. that's also the to and me speaking of like could never satisfy us like you, you can't get yeah. enough of a turnout to satisfy the deal right. <laughs> unless w- you're turning people away i was so excited to, i mean this is silly but like i was so excited to see travis there you know yeah. I, I got to play him in a journeyman league in like december and kind of get to know him and he's just a genuinely nice guy yeah you know and for her and, and i've never seen him really but of course i know he plays at a different store than i do mostly yeah. but but i was like oh hey and then in like round three or four he was playing ozzy and I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. So, you know, so it was nice. Yeah. So The only other drawback is uh, looking at the dinner menu was a little bit pricey from, yeah. from a fancier hotel. Yeah. I did not, um, I did not order dinner. Neither did I. There, I also so. wasn't terribly hungry because I figured that um, Alex Cosma, myself, and some other people were probably going to go out to dinner once, once yeah. we left. Yeah. So I didn't want to really eat because the dinner break, I think, would have been – after round four, with round five potentially being the final one, it's like I don't want to I don't want to eat now and then in two and a half hours be going out to dinner and not eating anything. Like, right. I'd rather save space to go to my father's space and have some delicious bacon, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. <laughs> nice. I love that place. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> so yeah, I know that place just from being a local guy. Like. How did that get on everyone's radar? Like people from out of town were talking about. So, so the the way that it turned about is is actually from the guys that used to play on Monday nights at Guardian um, years ago. Uh, Guardian used to close at like eight or nine o'clock or something like that, and a lot of the guys who were still hungering for more games would do one of two things: either we, some of us, would drive out to Red Castle. And play another game because they were open till like eleven or midnight or something like that. Okay. Uh, or some of the other guys like Danny Modesto, uh, James Sliger. Uh, I think Adam was around at that time, and some of the other guys would sometimes just go around the corner, a couple blocks away, to MFP, grab a couple of drinks, and hang out and talk about the game. Coleman, uh, mm. Coleman Spray was another one of the ones that would frequently go out there. And, See, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I, I would enjoy that. And so it kind of became a local hangout. And uh, whenever some of the like out-of-town people would come down to tournaments that we would have on a Saturday, they're like, hey, what is there that's good around here that's not like going to bend, you know, break, break bank. our backs? Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, MFP is like it's good food. It's it's good. It's well priced, and you can get beer. Yeah. Like they serve breakfast all day. It's a total so like, dive. And they have it's delicious like the bacon. greasy spoon. It's yeah. so good. Oh man! And they've got fantastic bacon. Like they're they're good. They're good sized pieces. They're nice and thick. They're cooked perfectly, and they've got fantastic yeah. flavor. So." Yeah. It's just kind of like become this local hangout thing that we've spread to all of our other friends. They're like, oh, man, you've got to go to MFP and try their bacon. Nice. And I actually, when Asher and I went to go get food, 
And we got our food. I actually took a picture of myself eating a piece of bacon and sent it to Alex Cosma, who was still watching the finals game. It was like, <laughs> see what you're missing? His only response was, I'm jelly. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then uh, and then we have this listed as one of our least favorite parts, but uh, it's just the truth. Uh, we did not have a local at the top table. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. But. You know, um, it was a it was a great event and it attracted a lot of great players. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you got to earn your way to the top. So yeah, we did, however, have three people, for, uh, four people yeah. from Oregon, three from our local area in the top ten. So that's, that's right. not bad. Yeah, Eli number four, four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asher number five or six or I seven. Think, I think six seven. Asher got was seven, six or seven. Yeah. Okay. Then Ron was number nine. nine. And then uh, Aaron Allen at ten. Aaron at ten, yep. nice, yeah. That's you know that's great. Those are those are great players, great guys. Yeah. So um, and Ron, of course, being our captain of our I five team. Yep. So woo-woo, mm-hmm. shout out. Yep. Yeah, he had some rough rough games. I think I, he faced three out of both, five against Circle. Yeah, yeah. Suit both Iona players he ran into and yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So why don't we um, just why don't we just give a brief overview of our games? Just kind of go round by round, I guess. Sure. Uh, do you wanna you wanna go first, and I'll just go second. We'll just uh, yeah, alternate sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah I can go first. Uh, so first round was Mirage because our TOs are evil. No, they're <laughs> awesome. I think it depends on your perspective. No, they're great. Uh, I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with doing uh, Mirage first thing in the morning because then it shakes out all the people who weren't ready to play. Um, but uh, the the. T- <laughs> The pairing announcements went up, and Michael Burks was walking past me, I think, to go get his his uh, tray. And I saw him walk by, and he kind of had like the, almost this grim look on his face. I was like, what's wrong, Burks? Did we get paired against each other? Ha ha. And I like walked up, and I looked at the pairings. So it was like Chad Laubacher and Ryan Burks. I was like, ha. <laughs> so uh, we played our game. It was Mirage. Uh, Ra- Michael had Assyria. Double Hyperion, Double Trident, and then I don't remember what the other list. Oh, the other list was Kalissa. Yeah. And um, and I was playing. Oh, I, I should talk about what I was playing. Um, I was playing my Grail list uh, in Devourer's Host that I had played against uh, Dan a number of weeks ago. Uh, I can go over the list real quick. Let me just grab it on my phone. Um it's the same list I've been playing for a little while. I, I like it a lot. I originally kind of built it as an assassination list. Uh, it's actually got some good attrition playing it, but it's Devourer's Host, and it's Grail, uh, Blood Shaman, a Wild Argus, a Scarsfell Griffin, and Loki is the battle group. And then I have uh, Lord of the Feast, or Lady of the Feast, because I'm using the mini crate model. Um, Tharn, Ravager Whitemane, a Ravager Shaman, a Gallus Grove, Lanissa Rasal, a unit of Bloodweavers, the Death Wolves, full unit of Blood Trackers with Nuala, full unit of Ravagers with the White, or with the uh, Chieftain. And then my second list is another, uh, another favorite of mine that I've been playing, and everyone tells me I'm crazy for doing this, but it's Kruger 2 out of theme. So it's uh, Kruger 2, two Wold Weirds, a Feral, Loki, Megalith, two Gallus Groves, a Black Clad Stone Shaper, Black Clad Wayfarer, Eilish, Shifting Stones, and two Sentry Stones. So like you said, it's out of theme. Why, why run it out of theme? Um, the reason being is like, I like the heavy trading power that the two Living Beasts give me. Um, that list is basically Bones of Orbros with the exception of having Loki and the Feral in there. And when Loki originally released, 
um, playing him with Kruger was one of the first places that I thought about putting him because he adds another element of good control. I worried, I was concerned for a little while that because he's only base power 14, he gets plus two strength up to 16. He's only got, he's got two initials. I felt like he was a little bit pillow fisted, but if you leverage that and then ha- if you use Loki to hook and pull something in, hit it a couple times, and then just use the feral to finish it off, it's generally enough. And you can do it from such a far threat range uh, that you can you know, just grab and, and hook something in. Uh, and then you can use Kruger's feet and his other control to push everything else away as you start doing this piece trade. Gotcha. And that's the main reason I really like the list, um, and people have always looked at me sideways when I talk about playing it out of theme, but I think right. Kruger is honestly one of the few Warcaster Warlocks in the whole game that I think is strong enough to play out of theme. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with him playing in, in Bones. He's really strong there, but it just doesn't fit the way that I want to play. Nice. Um, so I ended up playing Kruger 2 into Assyria, and I have never played against Tridents before. Um, <laughs> Good time, huh? So... It was, it was quite interesting. Um, I felt like I had a good... I felt like I had a better chance because um, Kruger's really strong in Mirage. Uh, I know that a serious feat gives true sight to everything in her control area, so I didn't want to play Grail because I knew that he could use the Hyperions to easily pull like all the blood trackers off the table, kill the Ravagers. I just knew it wasn't going to be very good. So um, one of the major things is I, I won the die roll... Uh, went first and moved up really aggressively up the table like I always do with that list. And then the next turn, I actually positioned Kruger. I kept a lot of my stuff really back and left Kruger at the front so that Windstorm could do the most work possible. And I actually feeded on top of two, and I only hit three models. I only hit the two Hyperions and one of the Tridents. And I didn't push any of them because they're huge bases. But the minus two speed, even though he has Crusader's Call, the minus two speed kind of messes with the math if he plans on walking anywhere. Uh, and trying to shoot like between that and windstorm it really cuts back the guns for a single round and uh, I didn't notice it until it was until like in the second round but there was this uh, there was this wall that was conveniently in Michael's zone kind of close to the objective that actually made it really difficult with the minus two speed for his stuff his huge base models to get over it and between that and the where the flag was, I was able to position my models in places where, like, aggressively forward because he wasn't going to be able to fit his huge base models, um, either in melee with my stuff because of the flag or because of the wall mm-hmm. or because of the minus speed buff. So, like, that's one thing that's really important with that Kruger list is leveraging where you can, um, being aggressive and forward with your pieces and paying attention to where your opponent's not going to be able to get to you because of something like you can't stand on a flag, you can't stand on a wall. Right. And it's one of the draw, one of the difficult things with those huge base model um, lists. So yeah. get uh, get real good at that if you're going to play Kaiju. I'll figure it out. So we, we trade blows uh, back and forth. Um, on my next turn, I fail to... I leave one of the tridents that made it into my back zone I leave it on five boxes or something like that. I just roll bad with 
uh, the feral at like dice off three, like I was chipping damage in, hmm. um, and left it on like five boxes. And then he ended up killing my feral and then killing some of my backfield. The short of it was, uh, I pulled, no, sorry, that was the wrong turn. Uh, I pulled one of his Hyperions off the table because my, uh, with the help of my mannequins, because they actually charged and did some good damage on my second turn. I just pushed oh, them in. Nice. And um, they actually did, at Dice Off 8, I was doing like three or four damage a couple of times on charges uh, to the shield, which makes it easier to finish it off the next turn, yeah. which I was able to do. Uh, and then on my fourth turn, he had put his... Um, his Hyperion into my his other Hyperion into my face, done a bunch of damage, almost killed Loki, almost killed Megalith. The Feral was already gone at this point. And um and I'm looking at the table and his other trident is totally fresh and over near my other flag. I had scored a couple CP. I think he had scored a couple. Um and at this point, I'm like, okay, I can either kill as much as I possibly can and still lose this game, or there's actually this long shot assassination that might be there. Uh, because Assyria had moved into the zone so that he could score it kind of on the, the, sh- the, the small edge of the wall. And Loki's missing two aspects. Kruger's sitting inside the stones, and I reread the wording on Puppet Master on Eilish and this plan formulates and it's like okay so shifting stones activate the teleport Kruger forward Kruger activates he heals two points out of Loki to bring his aspects back so he's back to full function Kruger casts Megalith's animus on himself and then TKs himself and gets within five inches of Assyria dropping your defense by two so Megalith activates he's functional because he heals himself every turn punches finishes off the trident punches the um Punches the Hyperion a couple of times and then TKs Loki out from in front of the Hyperion so that I can get past him. The drawback to this plan is that I have to take a free strike and I have to rely on Michael not hitting the free strike. Oh. So Eilish activates, walks forward, and puts um, Puppet Master onto the Hyperion. Loki activates, warps oh. for strength, charges past the Hyperion, and Michael rolls the free strike, rolls a seven. I use the Puppet Master to force him to re-roll it, and he rolls Snake Eyes. Oh. And I get into melee with Assyria past the wall. That is so clever. And I boost the hit, hit him, and put a bunch of damage into him because I'm POW 16. She's only armor 13. Uh, boost the second hit and put her in the dirt. Wow. That was clever. That's yeah. a brave one. Yeah. Puppet yeah. master on the Hyperion. Yep. Knowing the free strike's coming. That's that's clever. It was it was one of those weird little back pocket scenarios that I kind of pulled out. I was like, oh, there's a trick here. Let's see if it works. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. So how did your first round go? Well, um, it was uh, Jesse versus Jeremiah part two. Uh, so that was really funny. So... Noodle Man Boogaloo. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I show up to my table and there is Jesse. And I'm like, oh, man, we just we literally just played this (laughs) in the Masters because we were in the same pod. So uh, the difference this time is that he ran Dreamer against me. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think last time he had the Wanderer, I think. Um, But um, actually, I have proof. He did have the Wanderer last time. Check the journal. Uh, check the journal. Check the journal. I um I was mono. I was Iron Manning, um, Zakar one more time because mm-hmm. I needed to get to my minimum threshold. Uh, I can 
gladly report to the listeners that I have graduated. Uh, the car is going to be back on the shelf <laughs> somewhere, and I am going to pull out a real warlock. You should Start do winning some that. games. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should do some little applause sound yeah. bait in the yeah. background. Yeah, cheering. I should, start, <laughs> I should get some of the, one of those like sound play the graduation yeah. song. Da, 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 da. Okay, whatever. Um, so uh, <laughs> so we're playing. Obviously, you know we're playing. Uh, so there's a car, Para Warhost. You know, yeah. Cannoneer, Sentry, Two Gladiators, a Tibby, um, not a Tibby, um, a uh, Bronze Back. Yep. You know, that kind of stuff. Just, just standard stuff, Craig, you know. Yeah. My one solo was a Feral Geist, and um, and I had one unit of Pain Givers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, so, um, and so this game went um, very similarly to the previous game. The biggest difference is is that um, he was able to keep pace with me on CP. Okay. And um, I'm just uh, I'm just a little bit of a slow player still, and I ended up losing on clock. And so uh, that was that was my round two. I mean, Jesse's a great opponent, and it was really funny. There was one move where, uh, where I was going to do something, and he was like, rah, 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 and, and he goes, I shouldn't tell you this because it's a, you know, because it's a, you know, a, a, a you know, a tournament or whatever. So he's like, he's super generous yeah. with me, and I and I appreciate yeah. that. But, um, but I think I, I think I'm not sure. It might have been that round where I did something that he didn't like, and then and then it ended up working out in front of me because I was doing something different with what he thought I was doing, and yeah. so uh, which I thought was clever. But I don't remember what it is, <laughs> so we'll just skip that piece. So, uh, yeah, uh, I love my round two game. And I can go first on that one, I guess. Do it. And so um, in round two, I was playing a local guy, Kyle, I think. Um, I think he normally plays at uh, Guardian on Mondays. And so um, I don't know him too well. Okay. Uh, he's been playing for a few years. And uh, he was running Gatsby 3 and, uh, and in Black Industries. Oh. And so he had, um, he had some really fast jacks yep. that were in my face so fast night. I honestly, it, it surprised me how fast they were coming. Mm-hmm. And then he had two arc nodes that were flanking the sides. And yep. the, the thing is, though, is the, um, the, uh, the scenario is what's really important about this game because the scenario is standoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two circle zones, and he has zero units. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's always true. And I have two units. I have bone grinders and I have pain givers. Yeah. Okay. And so... Um, and so what ended up happening because of how fast his um, his everything was, uh, the battle really took place in the square zone on my side of the board. Okay. Um, and and so um, and so um, we ended up. Um, um, I I was I think I gave. I think he was able to score once his square zone before I was able to get the Pharaohgeist in to contest. Okay. Um, and um, and that and that's really important because that comes into play later in the game. And then, but then after that, everything else just was centered on all of the mass amounts of bodies yeah. in my square. And so, um, and so I was able Big to- Big meaty fists hitting metal-plated so warjacks. So I was able to, I think, I think one, I, I think his turn Three and four, his his big target was my cannoneer, and um, and so he he literally charged the cannoneer like four times with oh, four man. different jacks. Okay? Oh jeez! Under um, under the Zakar's feet and the agonizer bubble. 
Oh, jeez. Cannoneer lips. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. It's like, it's what, a minus five total? Minus five, Oh, jeez. Yeah. And so. It's so so basically armor 24. Right. But then here's the deal, though. So here's the question. So that was like, I think it was like his turn three or whatever. So then here's the question. The question is, is, you know, is what happens then um, to all this stuff in my box that I would have trouble clearing now because now I'm, you know, I have a sentry and a gladiator around. Yeah. That's all I have left. And so what do I do? And something really sneaky is what I do because okay. the agonizer has repulsion. Oh. Sneaky fellow you. And so the turn after he kills the cannonator, because he doesn't eventually get the cannonier, um, the the agonizer just kind of walks in, makes sure I'm within two inches of everyone, and pew! And, <laughs> and so I push directly away everyone out of... Um, out of the box, yeah, at three inches or whatever, yeah, and so um, and so that clears um, that clears um, that zone. I'm able to score the zone, and and um, and he um, he he made an interesting choice um, whether or not to charge the cannoneer with his with his death jack mm-hmm. because his death jack actually had a line of sight to Zakar on on one of the turns and um, and chose not to go after Zakar. And we kind of talked about it a little after the game. I honestly thought that that's what was going to happen. I thought the assassination yeah. was coming, and and it did not come. And so and so he was so intent on clearing that zone. So the last my last two turns, um, I walk over. I I see that the circle zone can be scored, so I can run my my bone grinders over there, except for one unit or one guy. And so I park that guy in front of a pain giver. Pain giver, <laughs> uh, anatomical position. It doesn't just have to whips that boy. Whips him gone, uh, and so I have three bone grinders standing in the circle. And so now I'm going up on CP now. Yep. The feral guy is now challenging. You know his thing. His last turn. Um, oh, and then and then I sneak um, and I sneak a beast around the corner to uh, to toe into the zone of his box. So he focuses all of his attention. He he shifts his flank. Gatsby starts moving over to take care of this guy, yeah. and he gets him gone. And so he thinks he's going to score, except he completely forgot about the Pharaoh guy. Little guys hanging out, just back hanging out in the box. <laughs> yes. okay. What's up, guys? So then, uh, so then, um, so then, the final turn is um, uh, the final turn is I have to clear an arc node. Now, what's interesting, uh, which is now in the circle zone, contesting my bone mm-hmm. grinders. And so, what, what's very interesting is. Is uh, is two things um, at the six minute mark is when I had six minutes left on my clock, and that's when I thought the assassination was coming, mm-hmm. and it did not come, and so in the next six minutes I basically do two full turns, and I completely ignore the box now, and I'm shifting over to the circle, and my Mister Bronzeback, who's been playing support the whole time because of his leadership titans being able yeah. to remove the mm-hmm. you know the fury management stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, uh, he just, uh, first the, uh, Zakar charges the arc node, you know, whips him a couple times, doesn't kill him. So then, uh, so then I charge, finish him off with a bronze back. And then I hit the clock with like a minute, a little over a minute left to go. And I go up, uh, six, one on CP wow. and, and I go victory. I have one, I'm really proud of myself because, <laughs> because I was able to ignore the, the action in the box. Yeah. If I if I had focused there, it would have eaten up all my time. I would have lost on clock. 
but I chose to ignore that. See, my win scenario has to be mm -hmm. uh, going to score the circle zone twice. I needed to score it twice. And so I devoted all my extra stuff to score that zone twice. Yep. And uh, and that's what um, and that's what ended up giving me the victory. And I just yeah, boy, I, I just felt so proud. Good job. So that's my round two. Yeah, no, that's that's all, that's way more eventful than my round two. <laughs> <laughs> my round two, I played against uh, Abby, who is another one of our local guys. Uh, again, this was standoff. Um, he is playing trolls. He's playing Madrak one and Cole Grimma. Uh, so I decided to play Grail, and he decides to play Madrak 1, because I feel like my Grail list is going to have more power and stuff to into it. I don't think that the Kruger list has the volume of attacks to really deal with troop-heavy trolls. So, And it doesn't. It's, it's not as accurate. And actually, the one thing that Abby and I were talking about after the game is like, those Tharn Ravagers with Grail get so accurate, because I put Death March on them, which gives them plus 2. So they're Matt 7, now they're Matt 9, and then if you have a white main hanging out near them, they get veteran leaders, so they get another plus 1. So they're Matt 10. Like, they're Matt 10. Yeah, champs don't want to <laughs> like, see that. All of yeah. the time. Um, <clears throat> so I win the die roll, I go first. Uh, I, think, I think I win the die roll every single round uh, for the day. Except for against Ron, I don't remember who's my round three. I don't remember who won the die roll, but I win. Uh, I win the die roll to go first. There's a nice big force kind of in the middle of the table. Uh, the short of this uh, this round is actually pretty uneventful, other than just smashing into each other quite a lot. Uh, Abby had a turn, unfortunately, where he he just couldn't roll like sixes or sevens to save his Ouch. life. He just Ouch. he just couldn't do it. And we we also got to watch uh, Valka uh, just spend most of the game fighting off a full unit of Bloodweavers that had ambushed into his back arc. Like mm. I at dice off eight, I think I got three charges onto him and only did like a couple points of damage. And then the next turn, we're standing there. He turns around and kills a couple of them. And then I walk into melee with him and take a couple more attacks and dice off eight and don't really do anything. So he's just kind of swatting at them all match. Um, <clears throat> Not a bad strategy. Though. Yeah. So yeah. No, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather tie him up there. I was hoping that I was going to be able to do enough damage in the charges that the next turn I would only have to try and chip in a couple more to finish him off. But that didn't happen. Uh, but it's better than him getting into my Ravagers when I'm trying to feet and mini feet with the Ravagers and chomp through his uh, his left-hand flank on my right-hand side, uh, which is what was going on. And um, I spend, in classic, um, classic practice with this list, I spend an eternity on my second turn. Um, between Grail's feet, adding war, you know, basically a three-inch move to another model whenever somebody kills something, and the mini feet of overtake of the Ravagers, um, you can do a lot of really crazy things. But I'm not practiced enough with the list to be super efficient at executing it and getting them into weird places. My original plan was to use activations to kill some of his Krill warriors in the front line to walk one of the guys that's on the edge further to the back to get to the Krill warriors in the second line and then use overtakes to get into his rectangle zone so that I could prevent him from scoring. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't do this. He makes some tough checks. Um, and I also just I roll a lot of sixes against some of the Krill warriors that were in the stone aura. Um 
and it, that glides his armor because they're armor 19 because they're 15 base they have unyielding to 17 and then with the stone aura they're armor 19 and I wasn't charging with the ravagers because he feeded this turn so stuff in his control can't be charged mm. uh, which was another kind of big setback with this is I wasn't able to charge and get the damage in on him that I really wanted to um and I could have one, I think, mistake for this uh, for this turn was I had an opportunity that I could have walked Lord of the Feast around and th- and um, thrown the Raven and hit Rock and gotten the lady, the Lord into the backfield and hit the stone. But I needed to roll a seven. And I don't like rolling unboosted sevens. I think a lot of people can relate. And so I didn't want to do that first in the turn because I didn't want my plan to hinge on it. If I would have done that, because, spoiler alert, I end up hitting the seven and putting Lord of the Feast into the backfield. Uh, in melee range of the Creelstone Bearer and Madrak. Um, <laughs> and I end up getting her into the backfield. Uh, it's like one of the last activations that I do in dropping the aura. And if I would have done that earlier, I would have gotten probably I would have gotten through more of the Creole Warriors because those sixes would have been those sixes would have been tough jacks instead of glancing blows. But uh, I spent too much time on my second turn. I spent too much time on my third turn, uh, and in the fourth turn, I ended up clocking myself um, trying to clear the zone. I think if I would have been more practiced with the list and better time management, I think I could have eventually chewed through it because he was casting even ground every turn. But with the Death March and the Vengeance and the Veteran Leader, mm-hmm. um, I get attacks at Matt 10, and then I get to activate and get more attacks at Matt 10. Mm-hmm. And I think I could have chewed through him and eventually, and eventually won that game. But uh, I ended up losing on Clock uh, after scoring some scenario points. So victory to Avi for that match. Mm-hmm. So after round two, you and I are both one and one. Yes. Okay. All right, and it's lunch break. Get your reps in. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. And Abby and I were the last table to finish, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ozzy and I ran over to Pita Smicha with, uh, with uh, Jesse, and Ooh. Curtis joined us, too. Oh, man, I love some Pita Smicha. Yeah, and then we wolfed it down, and we came back just in time to uh, to play round three. So I ordered a brunch burger from the bar. Nice. It wasn't bad. Nice. I, it was bacon and a fried egg on it. And egg the on fries it. were tasty. Yeah, egg on a burger is like one of the best toppings. Yeah. So good. So uh, see round three. Uh, so round three, um, we're playing Invasion. And yes. this time I get to play Michael Burks. Oh. And he drops, um, which I'm really excited about. Like I love Michael Burks. Like I he's, see, he's a great guy. I see him at the coffee shop yeah. where I play Steve on Saturday morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so Steve and I usually play Company of Iron on Saturday mornings. And, um, and, and and I think Michael has like a shop nearby or works nearby or something. And so he'll get coffee from Rochetto Roasters right okay. about the time that we're wrapping up and, and heading home. And so we keep talking like, we need to play our game. Yeah. And so we finally <laughs> get a game together. So he drops Kalissa. Yeah. So it only has one trident. And, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it like this is a really hard game for me. And so, um, and so I go into the tank a little bit trying to figure out how can I apply the most pressure for him and so I think I do a good job of, of flanking left I do something that really surprises him um, uh, by uh, because because is Calissa is this you can't charge can't 
Is that, is that where her feet is? Yeah, it's like no charges. It's uh, yeah. stealth and then no charges, no power attacks. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah. So he tried to he tried to go into the zone to contest with a model and it's, and be in such a way where I couldn't get him with a two-inch reach with my sentry. Okay. And so I did not challenge him on the placement of that. I just let him and just played as if um, played as if that that were true. And 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 I said later that I, I wish that I, I had actually challenged him on the placement on that. Because yeah. I, I think a century could have been able to hit him with this two inch thing. Yeah. And so um don't know if it would have killed the model, but at least I would have had a, a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And so um and so what I end up doing is um is I end up doing a series of things, um, moving my caster up, feeding and all this stuff and um, and walking and casting rush to walk to the objective, to kill the objective, to score a point. Um, then I do the same kill the bone grinder trick okay. to, to score the yeah. left circle zone, which he had vacated. And then if, and if I had killed the objective, then I could have walked up my sentry for sure and been in a place to attack um, the model that was contesting the square yeah. zone. Yeah. I left... Um, and here's what I forgot to do. I forgot to enrage. Oh. And so I left my, um, and so I left the objective on like less than five boxes. I don't remember how many, two, three, four, five, oh, something yeah. like that. So yeah. the, that's, um, that always, that's always You know tough. what I mean? Yeah. And so, which means I can never, I can never uh, actually, so I couldn't do that. So, so if, so if my plan had gone in place, I would have went up 3-0 on scenario. Mm-hmm. And that would have applied some serious pressure on him. Instead, I was only up 2-0 scenario, and then he was able to do what he does and um, <laughs> and uh, shoots the card dead. Yeah. But um, um, but uh, mostly because I because in order to go up 3-0, I kind of spread out a little bit and kind of made it. And he, yeah. It took him work. Like he had to work at it, but. And of course, he's super gracious, and you know we had a great game. So, um, I, I want to I want to face more Rhett. So yeah, I need more practice. Yeah. So I, now I, I'm one and two. Uh, I think my game against Burks at the beginning of this. I think that was actually the first game that he and I had played against each other since like the since last spring oh, when wow. we met at top table at PGS. We may have gotten one or two other games in there, but. Um, that's the last one that I remember, and that was another Rhett versus Kruger too, and I ended up barely squeaking out the win to win that tournament. But um, anyways, uh, round three is uh, was Invasion, uh, playing against Ron. At this point, I'm like halfway through my burger when the next round starts, <laughs> and I was, I was really drained. I was like, I don't know if I feel like playing this game. Um, Ron was playing Siege 1, Siege 2, and I haven't... I think I've played against his Siege 2 list like one or two other times before. And I played against Siege 2 a few a handful of other times. And I don't like playing that matchup. I I don't want to play Grail because I think Grail folds to both of his lists. At least it's it's a tough game. Um and I think the Kruger game is gonna be better, but the drawback is is it's such a tedious Walking on eggshells game between uh, between Kruger and Siege Two because they both threat really far, and they're both very good assassins, and so it's this very cagey cat and mouse game. Um, so I pick Kruger to uh, Ron ends up picking Siege Two. Um, I don't remember. 
I think he wins the die roll. Um, he goes first. I choose table edge. I don't remember if I won and cho- and wanted to choose table. I think I did. I think I won and chose table edge because there was an advantage. There was an advantageous position with the building that was in the middle of the table that I didn't want him to have control of. Where it was a little bit closer to my side, and part of the zone was also in the part of the building was also in the circular zone as well as the rectangular one. And I wasn't really paying attention, and on Ron's first turn, he tramples Triumph forward and shoots a century stone off the table on top of one. And I didn't, I had totally brain farted it. I didn't ask him about it. But at that point, I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really invested in this game anymore. And so it happens. He passes his turn. He moves some other things forward. He passes his turn. I look at the table. I spend probably a good five minutes just staring at my deployment for a minute. And then I'm looking at his cyclone. I'm like, I think I can get to that cyclone. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to take what I can out of this matchup rather than just conceding. Like, I'm just going to play it. I'm going to play it out. And so I activate, I look at the table, do a bunch of measurements and things like that. So I activate this, the Gallus Grove, get it within 10 inches of the Cyclone that's in the circular zone over on my right-hand side, his left. And I activate Eilish, I put Puppet Master onto Kruger, and then he teleports over towards the zone, or I think into the zone. Uh, Kruger activates and throws a Gallows at the Cyclone, hits it, and I roll a 3 on the D6 pull. I pull it three inches. I'm like, okay, game on. So then I act. I um, cast TK onto um, onto Loki to bring him forward a little bit. And I think I three two. I think I just camp on the other two because that's five. Yeah, I camp on the other two. That's five fury. I activate Megalith, or I activate some stuff, get it out of the way. Uh, activate Megalith, I trample him forward, and I get within eight inches of the Cyclone. I TK him another two inches and turn him around. Loki activates, warps for strength, walks forward to six inches, hooks the Cyclone in the back, drags him, and beats him to death. As he should. From about... <laughs> what is that? 13 inches away from where he originally started? <laughs> um... Next turn, Ron takes his sentry shot with uh, he takes a sentry shot with um, Triumph and does a bunch of damage onto my my other sentry stone, and then he activates the turret that he put fire for effect onto, shoots fin- um, shoots and does some more damage or finishes it off. I don't remember. Puts some splash damage onto Kruger. Uh, Ace walks forward, shoots something else, puts some more damage onto Kruger. I don't bother transferring it because I know that there's potentially some other shots coming. Uh, and then the Cyclone, I think, either finishes off. I think the Cyclone finishes, or not the Cyclone, Triumph finishes off the. backs up to basically the 16 inches and like three inches outside of the square zone. Um, and shoots and finishes off the Sentry Stone. His charger on my left hand side walks into the zone and shoots Eilish dead. So now the zone is free. Or no, he shoots my Gallus Grove. And the next turn, he shoots Eilish, I think. No, he kills the, both of those this turn. He uses one shot to kill the Gallus Grove and the other shot to kill Eilish. Mm. So my next turn, I'm like, I'm looking at the table again, and I'm just looking and looking, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can get Triumph all the way across the table and beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I acting the theme. Yeah, so <laughs> I activate the I activate the gallows grove and I move it to and I, I if I I want to also like if I don't get killed in the next turn I want to try and kind of set myself up a little bit better. So I activate activate the gallows grove, get it within um I think 10 inches of the uh of the forge guard that had moved into that zone on my right hand side to try and start scoring it the next turn. And <clears throat> Eilish puts Puppet Master, I think, on Kruger again. No, he puts it, I think he, yeah, he puts it on Kruger. Um, Kruger activates, throws Rebuke onto the Forge Guard, and then TKs Megalith and Loki forward. Uh, Megalith activates, tramples over towards the, um, towards the Forge Guard. TKs Triumph, hits him, pulls him two inches forward. Punches a couple Forge Guard. Um, one of my Wold Weirds shoots a bunch of the Forge Guard. Uh, my other Wold Weird walks around the building and shoots the turret uh, that's got an upkeep on it. Kills it. Loki activates Warps for Strength. Walks forward. Hooks Triumph. Pulls him in. Hits him a couple times. The Feral activates Warps for Strength. Charges. Finishes him off. Um, and then... And then Ron kills Kruger in the next turn. And I'm <laughs> just, just like, like a, all right. That was a siege I, special. I've, <laughs> no. Just, no. Oh, kills yeah. The, uh, the charger walks out around behind the building. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I actually only have three hit points, and I'm only sitting oh. on one transfer. And I know that Ace can also get a trick shot into him, and it dice off five and with other gunshots. Yeah. Like, Kruger's exposed. I'm just like, all right, you, you shoot him dead with the charger. Hmm. Good game. <laughs> and by not transferring, you're not also giving up more army points? Uh, it wasn't going to be enough to kill anybody. But yeah, oh, okay. I mean, it, it was more of just kind of like, I know I'm losing this game. Like, oh. I've already lost this game when I lost the Century Stone. Like, being making that mistake and being behind on something that even if I know it's going to die the next turn, yeah. it's a turn that I don't get to put a forest down and screen my models. It's a turn that I don't get to contest a unit or contest a zone or something like that. Allow it, like missing that deploy making that deployment error and having him just pull it off the table i'm already five points down i'm already and i'm playing out of theme so now i'm like realistically like 20 points behind yeah. between his free models and heavy metal and the five points that he pulled off the table because yeah. i just wasn't paying attention yeah. so you know you know dan's like taking notes here one yeah. how to face a circle <laughs> yeah also dan plays signar so yeah. it's like you know <laughs> apparently he doesn't like trolls either so much so yeah that works for me uh, I just don't. I don't always <laughs> like. Uh, I don't always like Kruger's game into trolls, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially Madrak one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, round four um, can be summarized in in uh, in the placement of an agonizer and the placement of a gladiator. So um, I played Eli Elder, and he's a cool cat from up north, I think. Okay. And uh, he was running. Or he chose to run Arcadius against me. Okay. And. I've seen I, his name, but I don't think I've actually yeah. met him. Oh, he's super nice. Yeah. Like, it was great. And so he, um, so one of the things that was really great about it was just how clear he was in describing his actions. And um, and he even told me kind of what his thought process was. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the end the result was uh, was he was able to assassinate Sakaar. Okay. okay. So that's how I lost. But how he got there 
using Arcadius's feet yeah. to primal one at first casting ghostly, primaling a, a model, walking through, you know, a building, like like how he got there was pretty significant. Now, okay. the reason why he was able to do this was for two reasons. Um, one is um, I had pushed up my bronze back into the middle zone. At the, we're on the pit two, by the way. Yes. And, oh, yeah. And, and I was able yeah, to... Yeah, round four. So, uh, so I charged and failed with my bronze back because I wanted to get him in a position to counter charge. And then, okay. and then I charged and failed to charge with my gladiator. And... And the gladiator occupied the space in between the bronze back and the building. He should have been closer to the building to give a better charge lane for the bronze back. So when that model eventually comes in, the bronze back could have countercharged it. Oh, okay. See what I mean? And so he so did. So he was kind of boxed in. So he was kind of boxed in. Oh, shoot. And then, and so the entire plan sort of hinged on can he kill the agonizer? Yeah. And so the agonizer was in a very special position right behind the building, sitting in a defense 14. Mm-hmm. And so, so one, he needed to take care of the gladiator. Actually, he didn't even need to take care of the gladiator. He just needed to, um, to frenzy to get the gladiator. And then, and because he saw his ghostly up, he could, you know, he could able to get to a position to then put Zakar in the dirt, but he needed to take care of the agonizer first. Yeah. And, he was able to. So my big thing was my agonizer was in the right place, which was smart for me. It's good. But my yeah. gladiator was in the wrong place, which yeah. was not smart for me because <laughs> I, I closed um, I closed a lane for the Ron's back, yeah. which uh, wouldn't have given him that opportunity. And um, it was a rough game for me. I didn't score any CP and didn't get any army points. Oof. Yeah, but that's tough. Uh, the takeaway is Eli is cool. <laughs> so go Eli. Um, <laughs> that's good. The table next door to me. Uh, is Ozzy, and uh, that is the round that Ozzy won his game. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So, yeah. who, who did he play against? Did he play against Travis? It might have been Travis. Okay. Yeah, I don't actually remember. Yeah, because I, so. I know that I know that Ozzy played against Walker in round three because yeah. I walked by that game, and Walker happens to be my round four opponent. Ooh, so, uh, at this Yeah, at this point, I am also one and two um, after losing round two and three. Um, so I play against uh, Jason Walker, who's another one of our local guys. So Jason and I actually have a long history. Um, he came into this area um, a long time ago, a number of years ago. And uh, he was playing Circle at the time. And I was still, this is, I believe, back in Mark 1. I was still really, really new to the game. And he was kind of my mentor for a really long time, um, teaching me about, like, how to play circle, how to build lists and things like that. And he's the one that hammered home, like building balanced lists, having ranged and melee elements to them. And I've really like, if you look at a lot of my lists, I do that a lot, uh, especially in circle. Like you look at my grail list, it's blood trackers and ravagers. There's a range presence and a melee presence. If you look at my Morvana two list that I used to play in Mark two, blood trackers and skinwalkers ranged and melee presence. Um, and I've really, like I've really taken a lot of those lessons to heart and use them. So Jason and I always have good games. Uh, he bounces around to a lot of different factions. He's playing trolls for the tournament. Uh, he has a cold Grimma list and uh cold Grimma power of Dunia. I think it was beasts. And then he had a Madrak. Uh, it was a Madrak two. Uh, it was the 
the heroes. Band of heroes. Band of heroes. And he plays Madrak. I play yeah, Grail. I know this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I end up picking Grail because it's got more more chewing power to get through all the stuff. And uh, I win the roll. I win the roll to go first and choose to go first. Um, uh, Ma- Jason kind of realizes in this list that he he has a lot of accuracy problems and I don't really have a lot of high defensing. Like I don't have any defensing skew uh, where like I'm like maxing my defense out on stuff, but like the def 14 and 13 is kind of right in that area where it starts to become a little more difficult. And he, he kind of realizes that he really needs another fell caller in the list because he just can't really hit anything. He's got a max and a min unit of Creole warriors. I think two, one or two min units of, Warders, and then um, two units of Fen Blades, and we have. I set the line of engagement uh, running forward, and then ch- uh, charging into him the next turn, and get myself in a really good position where I'm going to start going up on scenario. Uh, but then I end up opening up a hole and getting Lord of the Feast into his. Because he miss shield guards with a couple of blood tracker shots as I'm trying to clear Creole warriors that are standing in front of Madrak. And he shield guards with a bouncer too early. And I'm able to shoot something near Madrak and get into Madrak's back arc and get into range of the Creel stone. Ouch. And I miss my I miss my initial attack against Madrak. Like I roll snake eyes standing in his back arc with Storm Rager. I'm just like, okay, that's that's how we're doing this. Um, but I kill a bunch of other stuff. I kill two other things with my Thresher. Get up to... I kill three things with the Thresher. Um, and then I end up buying three attacks on Madrak. Killing the other models around him through Grim, Grim Salvation. Which we had to re- rewind about. Because he... We originally did it, and he transferred the damage rolls, and I was like, "Oh wait, you're Grim too. You have you have Grim Salvation. Like, you should be killing these other guys near you first before the transfers actually happen, because those those happen as soon as he actually takes damage. Mm-hmm. Um, he just plucks he just plucks a model within three and kills it. And so we kind of rewound it. He got his his transfers back, but I grievous wound him, put some damage into him, and then I was able to finagle a hole. I had to do this because Loki, uh, like like his tradition, a lot of times misses his hook to drag to drag Madrak out from behind, kind of the corner of the building, and into my army where I'm going to put everything into him. Um, so then I have to go to him, and I managed to. Uh, get Grail onto him and end up uh, finishing him off and assassinating him. But so now you're two and two. I'm two and two, and I'm one and three. Yep, Ozzy's one and three. Okay, and then uh, round five, just real quick. Um, I uh, play Philip Bauer. Um, he's running. Oh yeah, Phil. Yeah, and he's he's super nice too. Like, yeah. like every person I played today was just amazing. Or not today, on Saturday, every person I played was amazing. And he was running Vlad two in Armor Core. And instead of having the chariot, he had the cavalry solo and an Eilish. And that was very significant because it gave his list some flexibility. Okay. Um, and so he was able to um, challenge. Um, we're playing spread the net. He's able to challenge my um, my square zone and so, or my rectangular zone. Yeah. And, um, and then he had this sneaky thing going on with his uh, doom... Or, Shock Troopers, not Shock Troopers, uh, 
uh, which, Demolition? Demolition Core. Demo the Demolition Core. That's Corps. what I'm looking for. Hammer Dudes. Hammer Dudes. So they had <laughs> two-inch range or melee range or whatever, and they yeah. had, like, all these things up on them, like, mm-hmm. like retaliatory sti- strike and all these, like, yep. force march or whatever. I mean, all these yeah. things. So anyway, <laughs> so my um, – so uh, getting towards the end of the game, and I realized that I have uh, no assassination opportunity and I have no, um, no real um, – uh, uh, you know, attrition's not in my favor at the moment because I lost uh, my bronze back and uh, to those same demo core guys. Uh, but there were two guys that were standing in my square zone. I was able to get rid of the cover guy, and I had to get rid of those two guys. And the only the only piece I had to get there was the car himself. And so, <laughs> so I charge over there. And well, here's the thing: I charge over there, and and I when I do damage, and I think I kill one of them, I guess. But he had something up that like stationary Zakar or like stopped Zakar from being able to like continue. Who's who was the caster he Vlad two. So like I've I've I used to play Kador and I've never yeah. ran Vlad two. I don't know what his tools are. And so um, you know, so something huh. something prohibited me from being able to attack the second guy. And and at that point it's round five and it's like nine nine thirty at night or ten o'clock or whatever time it was, and and I'm low on clock and I mean and there's no way I was gonna do anything. I was just trying to trying to clear the zone so I can try to get some scenario presence, and um, and so uh, and so I, I actually lost, I actually lost on clock and okay. uh, and I was down three one on CP so. Um, but um, but it was awesome because I'm gonna talk afterwards and and I asked him specifically why he wasn't using the Man of War battle engine um, and he kind of told me why and 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 everything that he said played out in our game. Okay. So he really knows his army. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's a solid player, which is confusing. Why did I see him in round five? So yeah, sometimes you have bad luck. Yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes you you lose the you lose the match selection. Um, it also kind of like that that first round kind of happens a lot. Yeah. Um, you lose the first round and then, um, you know, like I I won my first round and then I still ended up, um, yeah. you know, one in three going or one in two going into round four. And then I managed to win my game against walker which yeah. could have i mean slight variations in his list and it could have been a much bigger problem for me right. i did a much better job managing my clock doing similar things that i did playing against obby um and that helped a lot but like yeah. it i easily could have lost that game too with yeah. slight modifications to his list or if he had played cold grima uh and then if i hadn't managed my clock very well yeah. but uh so round five i see a very old and familiar face across the table for me and I matched up against Aaron Allen, oh. my former co-host. <laughs> Love you, Aaron. <laughs> Tired of playing games against you and your convergence. <laughs> he is not, however, playing Axis, which is his Axis double tap list is the bane of my existence. I just I hate it so much. I don't know how to. I don't know what to do against it. And I think I've lost just about every game that I played against it. Um, he's playing. I think. Father Lucant and Orion. He ends up picking Orion. I end up picking Grail because I think Grail is going to be better for this list, uh, especially with the ambushing and playing on Spread the Net. And Spread the Net, you can get really, you can get behind on CP really, really easily if you 
can't get across the table and either contest the zone or contest the flag. Grail does a good job at that. He has a good way to reach out and touch you. And uh, um, I asked him, honestly, I was like, do you actually want to play against either one of these lists? Because if you don't want to play, like, I'll just concede to you and we can harass your, we can harass your, your team captain who's playing against Sean Hopkins, who's the pair down. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, actually, he's like, no, I want the practice. I'm like, okay, fine play this game against you Aaron even though I don't want to I'll try and give you a good game and uh, I gave him a much better I, th- I felt like I gave him a much better game than I than I have normally in some of our other games like I you know something was off especially for it being round five it's kind of it's the end of the day round five is starting like around 6 30 or something like that and um, the short of it is I end up uh, I end up getting assassinated way late in the game but uh, through good positioning and good trading and things like that, um, I felt like I was I was really ahead in scenario. I think we ended the game and I was at five or six CP and he was at three when he assassinated me at the end. And it kind of, the, the place where it went wrong is he managed to get a heavy into my rectangular zone and I had scooted over that direction. Grail charges it, like puts Storm Rager on himself, charges it. And it's only got 10 boxes left because I put some other attacks into it um, already or earlier in the turn. No, the previous turn. Um, I put some attacks into it. And my Wild Argus put some attacks into it. There's only 10 boxes left. I charge, I combo strike, which puts me at power 18. No, puts me at power 16 with the combo strike, weapon master charge, and we're all snake eyes on the charge attack. At mm-hmm. Matt nine needing a needing a three to hit him, gnarly. Uh, so I miss, and then my following attacks proceed to being dice off six weapon master. I do like two points of damage, three points of damage, one point of damage, two points of damage. Not enough to kill, and I leave it on a box. Oh, I don't have anything else to kill box. it, so I don't score that zone. Grail also doesn't sprint away over next to Loki, who's also standing in the zone where I would be next to a shield guard and in a better position away from his Colossal. And he ends up charging in, um, killing the... I don't think he even kills the Wild Argus. I think he kills a couple of other models uh, and charges in to Grail and finishes him off. I also made another mistake because I charged and killed a guy uh, getting um, inside Orion's uh, command range. He has this spell called Avenging Force, where if you kill something in his command range, one of his battle group models gets to move and make a basic attack. And he was able to. I charged and killed something to clear his flag, so that I could try and, and score it the next turn. And that triggered the Avenging Force, and he act, he took a gunshot with his Colossal and shot one of my Ravagers and killed it after I failed the tough check. But I had forgotten until after I pulled the model that I had feeded that turn, and he actually had stealth, mm. and the model was too far away. He would have, he wouldn't have been able to get the avenging four shot. But I was like, I can't, like, I don't know where exactly it was. I already pulled the model; it's dead. Like, yeah. I'm not. We can't do anything to save it. And I think if I if I hadn't missed that, and if I had managed to kill the heavy in the zone, I think I could have ended up winning on scenario because I was still doing decent on clock, yeah. and he was starting to run low. And um, he was running out of solos, actually, to start scoring his flag. And 
Orion wasn't anywhere near either his zone or that flag to try and start scoring it. And I think yeah. I could have I could have come back and ended up winning it. But I ended up losing on Assassination. But it was a good game. Aaron's a good guy. He's a very skilled player. And, yeah. uh, good games. I, I felt like I gave him a better game than I thought I was going to. <laughs> I, think, I feel good about that. So. Yeah, I, I actually think uh, most days, most of the games all day were, were real good. Yeah. So... So final result two and three for you one yep. one and four for me one and four for Oz that was his first real big event yeah and I'm super proud of him for yeah. hanging in there those five round so, events are they're yeah. tough so yeah. like good on Oz for sticking through it yeah we have good news uh, next year um, it looks like the location of the event is going to be at the new Mox PDX store oh yeah uh, Mox is coming down and. Mox uh, is Seattle. Mox is coming into Portland. Yeah, and so um, and Dan, uh, we're already making plans to be streaming with yep. commentary next year. Uh, so <laughs> that's our goal. That's our goal. We so got a year golf, golf so, commentary. That's yeah. right. So <laughs> it's gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna talk like this, and we're gonna. Oh, he just rolled snake eyes. Yeah. Boy, he's going to want that one back. Someone was like, hey, no. should be like, he's, he's pulling out his three-inch widget. Looks like he's going for a repo. Oh, oh, is he going to go? Oh, he's, oh, he's repositioning repo forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, hey, Dan, what starts today? Oh, the king of coins, of course. Oh, what's, yes. I'm so excited about it. What's this I'm holding? <laughs> Uh-oh, Chad Uh-oh. got his coin. Yeah. I did. Uh, so, yeah, so the season of, season of king of coins begins today. All you have to do is let us know you want to participate. It costs five bucks. I will personally hand deliver the coin to you. You get to pick your faction if it's uh, if it's still out there, if it's still available for you. Um, and then uh, and then we're gonna play for how many weeks? Looks like five weeks. Five weeks. We and uh, we're gonna have uh, all games have to be seventy-five points on the clock, just so it's kind of standardized, kind of keeps it easy. And it could be any game. It could be a pickup game in your garage. Or it could be on top of a, a steamroller game where two participants happen to be participating in the King of Coins event. Is that right? Yep, that's right. All right. You can even decide right before your game. You see he has a coin, sign on up. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can you can even decide right then and there. Yes. I'm going to join and I'm going to challenge you for your coin. That's right. We want all comers. It doesn't matter. The point of this game is, uh, the, the point of this event, excuse me, is just to have fun. Yep. Right. Yep. Be some good mm-hmm. sportsmanship. Get out there and play. That's what we're encouraging. Here. That's what we're all about. Hey, uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up, and uh, we're kind of uh, we're gonna skip our hobby desk time, um, and we're gonna skip some of the other announcements that we have. And, oh man, and, but my hobby desk actually has some, some oh, stuff on that. You okay. know what? We'll have to have you back, yeah. and then <laughs> and then we'll uh, we'll talk hobby. There's a lot of things on my desk right now too. Yeah. Uh, that one need my attention, and two need my attention. Um, <laughs> But uh, we do have a couple events that we want to keep um, keep everyone aware of. Uh, the Seattle Open is later this month, and it is um, March 25th at Mox Boarding House in Seattle. Is it in Seattle or is it in Bellevue? Oh, that's a good question. I know it's I know it's normally in Bellevue, but uh, that a lot of times was, was because Jeff was running it. Right. Um, it might be in Seattle. I don't know. Well, but here's what I, I would do. I thought that. I would go on. Go check Moxport. it out. Go check yeah, it out. Go, go find yeah. out. I just want to plug it um, because there are a lot of uh, you know Seattle guys, Washington guys that came down to our event. Yep. And uh, it would be nice if we did the same. And go, send some of guys up there. Go go up there and beat up their best players. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we uh, the Bend uh, tournament that was in February got snowed out and it's been uh, re, um, rescheduled. rescheduled, thank you, to April 6th. 
and it's a three-man tournament. Mm-hmm. And I, I checked in with the Jer Bears. Looks like we're out. That day doesn't work for us either. Oh, no. So um, that's too bad because I got in on that. Oh, I got in on that okay. on an all scorn team. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding me? No nope. scorny team. Oh boy. Okay. So that's, um, that's part of our name. Yeah. Me so scorny. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> so uh, hey Dan, uh, for those of us that have been listening this all this time and they want to get on to hiddenforestgaming.com to make some purchases, uh, what's their code? So go for spellstorm ten. There you go, and you'll get a uh, good discount on your next purchase of uh, gaming supplies from Hidden Forest Gaming. So, uh, thank you for everyone listening to us um, today. And uh, um, Chad, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks Um, for having me on. Yeah, it was nice to, you know, it's fun being here. Yeah. well, we talk too much. Well, well, <laughs> well, it's either you talk too much or me talk too much. Yeah. And so here we got to alternate a little bit. Now Dan gets to so, sit here and yeah. listen to us. But well, you know, he was taking <laughs> notes. Any last words, Dan? Um, no, again, uh, spellstormrangers.com or on the COD Collective or all those events. And appreciate the listening. There it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, find us on YouTube. Find us on Facebook. Find us on all the places that you people find people. Yeah, wherever. Yeah. Mostly spellstormrangers.com. Yeah. That's where we, that's where we are. So uh, once again, thanks everyone. Have a good one. I've got the circle coin. Come and get it. Bing bing.